This is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. Yellow, friends. It is your fearless podcast leader, Jana, the host of Cabernet and True Crime. Um, I just want to apologize in advance that this episode may be a short one. Um, I just can't seem to get my shit together right now for some reason. I don't know if it's because I'm going through, like, a quarter-life crisis or what. Life has just been, like, really hard just to do anything lately. Not in the mood. Not in the mood for anything. So, I think I may have fixed it today. However, um, yesterday I went to Discount Drug Mart, which my boyfriend hates that I call it the Discount Drug Mart because he says... It's just Drug Mart, but okay, why is Discount in the name if that's not the name of the place? It's called Discount Drug Mart. I digress. And I bought um, hair dye, a box of hair dye, fake stick-on nails, and I have a spray, like a spray tan thing under my sink right now. And you bet your ass I'm about to become a beautiful woman. Um, Well, I already dyed my hair. So that's definitely a key sign of a quarter-life crisis, I'm assuming. I would guess. So that's delightful. Um, I was really excited. I bought a Chromebook to play Sims and, um, you can't play Sims on Chromebook in case you're, (laughs) in case you're curious. And I don't want to say that's kind of what, um, fueled the fire of my quarter life crisis, but, um, it definitely didn't help. (laughs) So, yeah, just between work traveling, I've just been pooped. I am pooped as a person, and I don't know how to get out of this funk. So I figured, fuck it, I'm going to dye my hair and see what the hell happens. And maybe things will get better, but they probably won't. Um, yeah, well, I was going somewhere else with that conversation. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Um, I bought the computer so I could edit videos, so I am less terrified to use my new camera that I bought. And I mean, I mean new as in, like, I bought it four months ago and still I took it out of the box finally step one step two is figuring out how to use it because I am afraid of technology (laughs) so uh hopefully the next patreon exclusive episode will be filmed on my swanky new camera and new computer and you will get to see my beautiful new dark brown locks honestly you probably won't even be able to tell it's basically the same color it was just like a shade darker on the bottom it's all one color now as opposed to being a weird like ombre that did not look good you know um so that's something to look forward to also the website right now is um for lack of a better word fucked It's like, it's so hard to navigate and I still haven't decided how I want to organize this information or if it can be organized in a way that makes sense. And my logos suck. So I am, I downloaded an app today that I think will hopefully get me in the right place to make better logos. And then hopefully if Bluehost can stop fucking breaking and I can actually like do life on it, I can get this organized and like will be right as rain. So I've got a lot of plans. I just need the motivation to do said plans. Um, so yeah, with that being said, we, today was supposed to be, um, a different serial killer. So like when I say I completely shit the bed this week, like I did, I was supposed to do a post last week to tell you the upcoming schedule. I did not. I did not record a serial killer Sunday short. And now I'm not doing the originally planned, um, podcast episode 
And hopefully, you know, this guilt, I don't get buried in my guilt. Today, we're going to be talking about somebody different. Um, but she's pretty interesting. And I'm just going to swap them and do the one I was going to do today next week. So it's okay. Um, you know, should happen sometimes. So join me down this journey of another installation of Jana reads you, you know, an old blog post. <laughs> and the only reason why I say this one's short is it's it's kind of short, but it is kind of like a wild ride. So, you know, it'll be like a interesting, it'll be like the top thrill dragster for those of you who know what Cedar Point is. Like a quick, like, real entertaining, straight up, straight down, we're in it, we're on it, we're done. And just like Top Thrill Dragster, there's a million hour wait, because I've been talking for five fucking minutes. So let's get right into it. Let's get right on over. Today, we're going to be talking about Marianne Holder. So I do realize that I've been on a kick of like kind of, well, okay, all true crime is depressing and kind of sad, but I have been kind of on a kick of like the more sad, like, the death of innocence is kind of, I'm, I swear I'm not doing this on purpose, first of all, but second of all, I realize I'm on this kick and this blog post does not really help the fact that I feel bad for being on this kick. I promise the next one will be better. Um, I know because I've already researched it, so I know that it won't be okay. And this one, like I said, is kind of just a, a wild ride, so I'm just going to start um, reading it and we'll get into, like, sidebar commentary as we go. Um, so, Marianne Holder, let's just start reading. How about that? So, the Guilford County Police received a phone call just before 9.30 a.m. on November 20th, 2011. Jennifer Lamb had called 911 saying, I don't know exactly what's happened, but my husband's been shot. This woman who who he had an affair with, she was there when he got there and she shot him. So, Randall Lamb had been shot in the parking lot of the Galford Technical Community College Aviation Center in Greensboro, North Carolina. He was injured, but not in critical condition, solely receiving shots to the shoulder and elbow. The woman who he had a confrontation with was Marianne Holder, an ex-lover. After getting the 911 call, police traveled to Holder's home, 923 Cocoa Drive, in a suburb called Pleasant Garden. They were looking to have a chat with Marianne about the morning's altercation, but her car, a black Ford Explorer, was not in the driveway. They waited outside for her to get home. While the officers were stationed around her home, another deputy driving along a side street close to her residence spotted an SUV meeting the description of the one Holder had owned. As the deputy turned around and approached the vehicle, he saw, quote, two puffs of smoke, and upon ultimate arrival to the SUV, found Marianne Holder and her 14-year-old son, Zachary, apparently dead from gunshot wounds to the head. Holder had retrieved her son minutes before killing herself, and he was found clinging to life in the back seat of the SUV. He would die shortly after. Deputies found two handguns in the car. One was located in Holder's lap. Police also found a small bag of cocaine in her car, although no drugs were found in her system. After finding Holder's body and the body of her youngest son in the car with her in what's suspected to be a murder-suicide, police surrounding the Coco Lane home rushed inside. Nothing could have prepared them for what they found. So I actually have a photo of this on here of it's a bunch of police cars around the SUV. It's like she literally pulled off on the side of the road and killed her son and herself in the SUV. And it's just so crazy that it happened right down the street from where cops are waiting for her to get back. That, I just think that's so insane. 
So when they get to the home, Holder's eldest son, Robert Dylan Smith, so his name was Robert and he went by Dylan, who was 17 at the time, was found dead in the home with an apparent gunshot wound to the head. He was dead at the scene. Further inside the home, police found 15-year-old Michaela Woods, Dylan's girlfriend, also shot in the head but still alive. At the time of the shootings, Marianne had temporary custody of her niece and nephew um, as their mother, which was Holder's sister, had died recently. She took the children under her care and was looking forward to adopting them, a deathbed promise she had made to her ailing sibling. Police found 17-year-old Richard and 8-year-old Hannah Lee shot in the head but alive under critical condition. Unfortunately, Hannah Lee passed away the next day, and the others died throughout the course of the week at the Moses Kane Hospital. It's unclear why Marianne sought to slaughter her entire family. She was known by the neighbors and family as fun-loving, good person. No one in her life had seen this coming. Police eventually found a suicide note written by Holder. She said that she took full responsibilities for her actions and apologized for the hurt that she had caused. She also said that she had felt, quote, wronged. With the suicide note, she also left checks totaling to $10,600 made to her remaining daughter, Christina Key, whose, or whose original name was Smith, um, and they were dated two days before the shooting. Um, ultimately, police believe that it is the tension forming between Marianne and the Lamb family that caused the outburst. Court documents revealed that Holder had written the check to Randall Lamb's wife, Jennifer, for $10,000 the day before the shooting. Tom Shepard, with the Galford County Sheriff's Department, stated that the check was a settlement to Jennifer's threat to file an alienation of affections lawsuit against Holder. So, that would mean that, like, she wanted them to be left alone. I guess that, I don't really know how to explain what that is. I knew at one time what that was. Um, we're just going to keep moving on. So, basically... From what I understand, Marianne Holder was having this affair with um, Jennifer Lamb's husband, and Jennifer Lamb must have caught them, and now this whole thing kind of blew out of proportion, it seems like. Or maybe Marianne just wouldn't leave that family alone, and they were like, listen, what is your deal? Just leave us the fuck alone. And so she must have... I don't know if she thought she killed the husband. I'm not entirely sure, but... Oh, Jana, past Jana. God, you're so smart. I'm pretty sure I explained this. Wow. Sometimes, you know what? Here we go. Sometimes I amaze myself. So I wrote, in a very small number of states, six as of 2016, the innocent spouse of a marriage ended by an affair can sue the person, uh, yeah, can sue the person the other guilty spouse cheated with. The only outcome of this is monetary. A close friend of Holder's proposed that Holder feared the lawsuit would raise questions about her character and prevent her from getting permanent custody of her niece and nephew as she promised her sister. Marianne's ex-husband, Rocky, thought it was odd she would even write a check so large as she didn't have the money to cover it. So there we go. So she... Jennifer was an alienation of affections lawsuit means... You ruined my marriage by cheating with my husband. I'm going to sue you for money for ruining my marriage type deal. Okay. See, Jana, good fucking job. I appreciate you. Um, okay. So she didn't have the money. So she's handing out checks to people and she doesn't have the money to cover these checks. So 
obviously, I think she, you could call this premeditated to some degree, since she was clearly making, like, final arrangements. Um, also, it is discovered in hindsight that the tension between, um, the tension had been beginning to build between the Lambs and Holder for some time. Marianne began having an affair with Randall Lamb sometime in 2008, and although the relationship had ended sometime in 2010, Holder's taunting and harassment of Lamb's wife had not. Jennifer Lamb later told police that Marianne had repeatedly called and texted her, sent her nude pictures, followed her to the mall, and tried to run her off the road. Lamb pushed to file a restraining order, but the case was dismissed when neither woman appeared for trial. Holder had a restraining order against the Lambs, but it was expired at the time of the shooting. There we go. See, okay, here's why I should have read this before I started talking. <laughs> but I didn't, so here we go. We're all going down, we're all being surprised at the same time. Um, well, that's fucking crazy, Marianne. You made a ballsy move there. That's kind of weird, right? If you're the other woman and you're like, I'm going to send you pictures of myself naked. That's strange, right? Or is that just, I don't know if that's just me, I guess. Um, okay. Although police have their suspicions, it still remains unclear as to why Marion Holder snapped that day. Authorities were unable to determine when the victims were shot in the home as the timeline of the day happened so quickly. Sheriff Barnes of the GCPD stated it well. He said, quote, you can call it an execution, you can call it a shooting, you can call it whatever you want. The result is the same. We may never know exactly what her thoughts were and why. Just very, very good wording. Um, so Christina Key, Marianne's only remaining child, feels the hurt but still chooses to stay positive. Dozens of other lives were changed for the better by the organs and tissues donated from the victims. Over 12 people received an organ transplant they were waiting for. It was Christina that helped make the final arrangements for her mother, holding a private, secret service for the friends and close family. The people who don't believe Marianne Holder was a monster. Afterward, she spread her mother's ashes in her favorite spot along the South Carolina coast. So, the story... I am surprised that Christina Key tries to stay positive. I mean, like, good... Maybe I'm such a pessimist, but, like, good for her for trying to look at the brighter side of things. Like, your mother murdered five people and shot another, and you still kind of gave her, like, a good burial. There's a lot of people who... I mean, maybe she was a great person. That was the... Out of every article I read about this, and I do recall this, out of every article I read... They said she was such a good and, like, caring, kind person. Like, they, like, the kind of person who lit up a room. The kind of person who you would never expect to be a killer. The kind of person you never think would snap and kill, I mean, children. Kill children. Your own children. Children who you loved and who you promised your dying sister that you would take care of. And then you kill them. That just seems... It has a very a flavor of, like, something's wrong with Aunt Diane. If you've never seen that on HBO, I 10 out of 10 recommend it. That stupid show brought me to tears. It's a documentary on HBO. You could probably find it on, like, Tubi or something on your laptop or, you know, whatever streaming device. But it is so good. It's kind of the same flavor of a story where um, it's a mom. Her name's Diane. She has, like, six kids in her car. She, and it happened really recently, she was driving like 80 miles an hour down the wrong way of a highway and um, collided headfirst with another car and killed um, everybody in the other car as well. Like, 
they said all the same things. Like she was a good person, a good mom, a caring person. But, you know, when she was found, like she was drunk, she had um, alcohol in her system and there was a bottle of vodka in the car, but she wasn't a drunk. So the family is trying to defend like the person that they know and love. And they're like, there's no way Diane would have done anything like this. There's no way she would have put her kids and, you know, the nieces and nephews in danger. She would have never done that. But then you have the family of the victims in the other car who, you know, she had a blood alcohol content who are saying, you know, we can't get closure because you guys won't forgive Like, you guys won't admit to what your family member did. So it's a very interesting documentary, like, going back and forth on how you can take a look at one situation that no one will never... Like, nobody could ever understand what happened there. There's, like, gas station footage of her right before the accident, and she's walking fine, acting normal. But she had the blood alcohol content of something absurd, like 10 drinks. You know, you can't... You can't say that toxicology report was wrong because they had it ran by a couple different people so it's definitely right and you know you know what you saw in the in the security videos so it's like what side do you take you know it's it's presented so well because you can empathize for both sides of the story and all you have to do is feel bad just all around because it's such a terrible situation such an awful experience that like you no one could ever understand. And that's, I kind of feel how this is. I mean, it was really difficult to find information because, I mean, it's still pretty recent. I mean, 2011, that was, well, it feels like yesterday, but it was eight years ago. But like, if you think about it, they didn't really release a lot of information. It was a one-time thing, an isolated incident. It was a mother who killed her kids. And I mean, it's just one of those things. How could somebody so sweet and so regarded and so well liked just snap just snap and go bananas and kill everybody like so I guess some people have that in their nature and other people don't but I think this is one of those things that you know we'll never understand and that just is what it is um so that's okay that's really all I have to rant about that um kind of a a bummer note, but it is interesting. The human mind and the human psyche is just a fascinating thing. And that's why I love true crime. It's, I don't love murders. I don't love violence. I don't love like the murdering of people, but like the psyche behind it and the stuff, I guess, it's crazy to think the stuff that people will do to other people. That part, I think, is fascinating. Because I like to consider myself all fucked upness aside. Like, I like to think I'm a pretty regular person. And I cannot wrap my head around it. So I think that's why... I mean, even as a culture, I think that's why true crimers love true crime. Is because... Just the thought of what is going on in that other person's brain to make them the way that they are, you know? And I mean, I guess to keep yourself to learn how to not get caught in those situations, I guess. So this has been True Crime Tuesday. I'm really sorry it's short. I mean, I did do, it was around 19 minutes and 40 seconds right now. Not my best. Um, Next one will be definitely longer because it's already way too long. That's why I, I didn't... 
<laughs> that's why I didn't get it done is because it's already way too long. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys watch, uh, something's wrong with anti-Anne and give me your feedback on it. Also, if you haven't seen, I wrote, a th I, well, I did a whole thing about Goodnight Sugar Babe, also a HBO or no, that one's on Amazon Prime. 10 out of 10. Watch that. Come back to me. Tell me what you think. It's called Goodnight Sugar Babe. And it is one of the most fucked up things you'll ever see in your entire life. And it's just a train wreck from start to finish. It's delightful. Love it. Something's Wrong with Aunt Diane is a really well-made documentary. And I've watched it three times now. And it is just insane. Absolutely insane. Like, you... I cried. <laughs> I cried at the end of it because it was so, it was just so well done and so heartbreaking, the tragedy of it. Um, yeah. So I'll see you guys soon, at least. What day is today? What's going on? Today, you're hearing this the 24th. I'm recording, it's 8.37 on the night of the 23rd. So, you know, I, this is about as close as I feel comfortable cutting it. <laughs> But I'll see you guys on the 29th and then Tuesday, which if you're a Patreon, you will be getting two episodes on Tuesday because it's the first of the month and also True Crime Tuesday. And then, you know, what's also terrible about that and kind of great at the same time, but terrible for me as a person, the 15th, if you're a patron of this, of this podcast and um, everything, you'll also get two episodes on one day that day too, because the 15th is also... A Tuesday. <laughs> so part of me while I lose my sanity, I'm actually going to go start um, getting my shit together for those days because I really don't have a whole lot of time between now and when those are supposed to go live. So I love you guys with all my heart. You're funny. You're great. You're wonderful. Thank you for everything you do for me. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should. I post something every single day. Um, it's at Cabernet and True Crime. Um, I also have a patron Patreon account. I never say the right word. I have a Patreon account. So if you go to patreon.com slash Cabernet and True Crime, or if you want to go see my fucked up piece of shit website, it is com. And maybe by the time you get to listen to this episode, it might not be fucked up anymore, but it's probably still going to be fucked up because I, for whatever reason, can't fucking figure that out. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. I just want to... This is like sidebar, back-end sidebar nation. I just went to uh, close out my laptop, and I found out I can read, so I should have had this guy read you. Listen to him. He's so good. As the deputy turned around and approached the vehicle, he saw two puffs of smoke, and upon ultimate arrival to the SUV... Wow. This guy can do a better job than I can. He's got less marble mouth and a very soothing robotic voice. <laughs> okay, for real, goodbye. Thank you.